You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, Reality Ohana. Hope you are having a great uh, Sunday morning. My name is Pastor Sean Nakamoto. I'm from Life Spring Church, and I'm located about five minutes from where you guys are at uh, um, your guys' school on Wireline and uh, Leo Lani Elementary. We're over at Leo Leo Elementary on the Bank Avenue. So blessed to be part of with you folks here today. So aloha, reality aloha. I bring peace and blessings from the other side of Camel Key. Uh, today, I'm actually sitting at my house. As you can tell, I have my little, we have our scripture wall in the back over there that my wife, Tommy and I uh, made about six months ago. But I'm uh, just so glad to be part with you folks today. So I want to wish you a happy three year and almost one month anniversary. So amazing what God has been doing in your church. I'm so blessed to be here today with you folks. So blessed to be part of this extended family that we call Ohana with reality. It's God's church. It's his ecclesia. It's his assembly of people, right? I just want to thank some people before I just share with you folks today. But thank you, Riz and Zoe, for always being a blessing to me and my Ohana and Life Spring Church. Uh, thank you to my co-labor and wife, Hitomi, who I think you folks met last year, uh, who's always so supportive and is always faithful to the things of the Lord. And uh, she loves God and she loves me and she loves her family. also want to thank Brandy, my daughter, who is one of your very own at Reality for being just an awesome daughter. And my stepson, Chad, who is just a great, great friend to me. And he's all the way in Tokyo, Japan, working over there. I also want to thank a few of you Reality peeps, right? who have impacted my life through Brandy and me personally. I want to thank John and Jen Hansen, uh, Nancy and Matt, Erica, Audrey and Didi, Didi, uh, Daniela, Mo, Josie and the rest of Brandy's Wrecking Crew. I also want to thank Seth and Be- Becky for being such great prayer warriors. And of course, cannot, cannot forget the Pereira family um, and also the Johnson Ohana. Just love you folks all. Just love this reality Ohana. You guys are so an amazing blessing. Um, about a year ago, Thanksgiving 2019, I was blessed to share a message with you all. And I'm just blessed to be here again today to share with you. Um, unlike Pastor Dave Lomas of San Francisco Reality, I have no comprehension of what a sweater is. <laughs> if I could, I would be preaching with my tank top on and AC blowing in my face. Instead, I have a ceiling fan and another fan going on behind me. Um, however, like Pastor Dave or Pastor Chris Lazo from Reality Santa Barbara, I am a fan of food, and you can tell by my girth and my size, right? I am local. Uh, I never turn away any food from a great pot blessing, right? My heritage is a mixed bag. Some may even call it a poido. Uh, I am Filipino, Chinese, German, Spanish, Portuguese, or in Hawaii, we say Portuguese, Hawaiian, and of course, Japanese, right? And so I eat any and all kinds of food within reason, of course, right? But getting back to Pastor Dave and Chris, Pastor Dave, Pastor Chris, Pastor Dave and Pastor Chris, I really enjoyed one of their messages that they shared on God's faithfulness. Uh, Pastor Reza's team and message he shared on three weeks ago and the faithfulness of God to reality Honolulu over the last three years. Today, with your permission, uh, I wanted to take a look at Joseph, the son of Jacob, and how God was so faithful to him and to his family in the midst of many peaks and valleys, right? He was the second youngest son of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, the father of the Israelites, right? And Joseph, as you probably all know the Bible story, ended up being a man of great godly influence in a secular Egypt, right? 
Before I go there, I wanted to remind us of the foundation of these past messages, these past few weeks. The foundation for what Pastor Riz and Pastor Dave and Pastor Chris shared, right? God is faithful. Can you all say that with me, even though I can't see you? God is faithful. No matter what is going on in this world that we live in, no matter what is going in your going on in your life, my life, our lives, no matter what is going on in our state, in our schools, in our homes, in our workplaces, God is faithful. What does it mean when we say God is faithful? It's one of his many attributes, right? Faithfulness is one of God's many attributes, right? God's faithfulness means he is trustworthy. God is faithful in his promises, in his word, in his creation, which includes you and I and all 8 billion people around the world. God is faithful to forgive. He is faithful in his mercy. He will never abandon us or forsake us, the Bible says. He will bring comfort to the comfortless. And finally, he is faithful even when you and I are faithless. And trust me, at times, especially in this season, we are all experiencing some more extreme than others, a loss of a job, depleted finances, broken relationships, homeschool issues, personal disconnection, depression, domestic violence, and the list goes on and on. And our faith has and will continue to be tested. Second Timothy 2 verse 13 says in the NASB, NASB, if we are faithless, does it say when? It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God's nature is to remain faithful, even when we are faithless. Let me clear something up. The faithless I mentioned here in the Bible is not about doubting that there's a God, right? Because even non-believers know that a higher creator exists. They, like most of us before we became believers and followers of Christ, did not want to believe or follow a God who we thought would scold us or condemn us and make us stop sinning and being selfish. It's not the God that we follow. The faithless mentioned here has to do with giving up on hope, giving up on God's promises of our circumstances. And trust me, we're all in different circumstances, right? In times of faithfulness, you and I need to be reminded that when you and I stepped into the relationship with God and believed in him, we were adopted into his family. The local word is Hanai. We were Hanai into his family. You and I became chosen sons and daughters of God and we believed in who Jesus was. <clears throat> Life in this crazy world that we live in now, filled with so much uncertainty, craziness, division, and politics, has been taken to a new level, right? Social media and instant news or fake news and so many other ways to express what may be true or not true. You and I are living in an overly sensitive world of noise, right? The one true constant that you and I have as a believer in Jesus Christ is we who believe in his word, in his life, in his death and resurrection, that the God is the same Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is faithful in all that he is. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Some of you have heard my testimony. <clears throat> bits and pieces of it. Through Brandy's testimony, right? But for right now, I would like for us to take a look at the life of Joseph. There are many examples of God's faithfulness in the Bible. From Moses to Job to Jeremiah to Elijah to Zechariah to Noah to Jonah. We can go on and on and on. With the time I have, I wanted to spend this time I have on Joseph. Let me tell you why. Genesis 50, verse 20, paraphrase says this. What you, my brothers, meant for evil, God meant for good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 50. 
Before we read through that scripture, let me refresh all of our minds of what Joseph went through from his very young age as a teenager to the day that he died. And I believe all of us know the story, but just appease me a little bit as I go through this. Okay? Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob, one of 12 sons. Starting off in Genesis 20, 37, where his story starts, the Bible says that he was the favorite of his father, Israel, and his brothers were jealous of him, right? Joseph had a dream and shared it with his brothers that he would be superior to them and that he would serve him eventually. And they weren't too happy with that, right? Just think about your young kid brother or sister that tells you something that you're just not happy with, right? His brothers, when they heard this, wanted to kill him. But they were talked out of it by Reuben, who convinced them to just throw him into a pit or a well, right? But instead, they sold him into slavery for 20 shekels, approximately $6 in today's money. They sold him to a passing caravan, that, and they covered up his this action by telling his dad, Jacob, that he was killed by an animal. Eventually, Joseph was sold to Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's security team, a man of high authority in Egypt, right? Joseph ended up not only being Potiphar's servant, but the chief of his household, right? Then Joseph refuses advances by Potiphar's wife. He was falsely accused of rape and then thrown into prison, a bigger pit, a second time, right? Soon thereafter, Joseph, while in prison, became in charge of the prisoners. The Bible says he was put in charge of whatever was done in prison. He was responsible for it all in Genesis 39. Once again, he became a man of influence. The story could be made into a miniseries, right? So much soap opera action. But hang on, we're almost there, right? While in prison, amongst the many things that Joseph did, was he interpreted two specific dreams to Pharaoh's cupbearer and chief baker, who were imprisoned for offending Pharaoh. Imagine that, getting thrown into jail for offending somebody, right? We would all be in jail. But these inter two interpretations that Joseph gave to the cupbearer and the chief baker came through. And he reminded that the cupbearer to put in a good word to Pharaoh to get him released from prison for what he did or for good behavior, time served, right? Unfortunately, the cupbearer forget, forgot about Joseph. Not only did he forgot about Joseph, for two whole years, he forgot about Joseph, almost 800 days, right? Now, Pharaoh has this dream in Genesis 41 that all of his advisors could not interpret. But the cupbearer remembered who Joseph was and advised Pharaoh of Joseph. I guess better late than never, right? Joseph was called to meet Pharaoh. The dreams were told to him and Joseph interpreted them. Pharaoh was so impressed and accepted the interpretation and told all of his servants of Joseph's great wisdom and appointed him second in command, ruler of Egypt, reporting only to Pharaoh. The vision that God gave to Joseph played out to its fullest and made Egypt flourish. Pharaoh became more powerful and Joseph got more influence. Well, Joseph was back at the top of the world again, right? Then after seven years of circus, the Bible says, in two years of famine, a total of nine years after Joseph became this man of influence, his brothers show up to Egypt needing help. And then the story goes on to tell us that Joseph tricked them multiple times so that he could eventually reunite not only with his brother Benjamin, his full brother, but his father Israel, who was very old at that time. All this drama up until now. If you were to look at it, we would all agree that this was some crazy, uncertain, chaotic times and events that went on in Joseph's life. But Joseph, after the passing of his father, once again, trying to be tricked by his brothers or played by his brothers for a fool, gives us a message that I believe you and I can hold on, not only for today, but for tomorrow. 
and for all the years to come. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 50, verses 14 to 21. You can read along with me as I read the scriptures, right? Genesis 50, verses 14 to 21. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died, saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive, I beg you, the transgression of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Verse 18, and his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in God's place. And verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid, I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Father God, I thank you that you just get to be in your presence today, Father. I pray, Lord, that whatever situation any of your children are in right now, that you just remind them of your faithfulness, Father God. Father, I pray that you just touch their heart right now, that you speak to their souls. And Holy Spirit, just come and fill them afresh with every single provision, every single thought, every single hope, every single promise that you have in store for them. Father God, I pray that you just open up our minds and our eyes to you. And we just pray peace and blessings on them, Father. We just thank you for this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you. We love you, Father. We just thank you. And all those people say, Amen. Amen. So getting back to the scripture, right? Verse 20. So I want to camp on today. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. As for you, my 11 brothers, you meant the Hebrew adjective ra, meaning bad, affliction, hurtful, calamity, distress. You meant evil. He did not say that they were evil, but they meant evil towards him, right? But as Joseph said, God meant it for good. It's a Hebrew adjective of tobe, or to be. I don't know how to speak Hebrew, but it's T-O-B-E. So it's either tobe or to be, right? But it meant better, pleasant, agreeable, prosperous. I have a question for you folks, right? How many of you ever felt like the things that were most unpleasant, sore, distressed, downright just junk and painful in your life? And at the time you were going through it, it was the most horrible thing to you. Got that? But when you came out of it on the other side, did you recognize that it was for good? Maybe not at that point in time, but did you see that what you went through was for maybe your good, for good or wrong people around you, right? How many of you right now are going through something, right now, right, unpleasant, depressing, sore, physically and emotionally, hoping that God would just take it away? Or worse yet, maybe just maybe, you want to give up in the midst of the evil, the bad thing that is going on right now in your life. My encouragement today is let this story of Joseph remind you and encourage you right now that what the world the virus, the lack of a job, the gatherings, the lockdown, the elections, the infighting, the division in our country, the hurtful words and actions of others was meant for evil and is being intended for evil. 
But God in his infinite wisdom and faithfulness meant it for good. So that we may now see it or maybe experiencing it right now. So bear with me as I give you two examples of what I want to share. The first one is funny and it's personal, okay? Granny's going to shake her head when she gives an example, but I don't care. <laughs> it's funny for me. The second one is something that I believe the world has now realized is so amazing. How many of you know what a burpee is? Raise your hand. If you don't, ask someone who knows what it is <laughs> or YouTube it. I hate doing burpees. I'm close to 300 pounds and picking myself up 10 to 15 times a minute. Doing burpees is not fun. It is downright evil, but I still do it. Why? Because it strengthens every single muscle in my body and it's great cardio. I hate it while I'm going through it. It's evil in my eyes when I'm going through it, but it's extending my life along with healthier eating and other physical activity in my life. It makes me better. It really is evil. <laughs> it's unpleasant and sore, causes calamity while I'm doing it, but it feels better when I'm done. That's my own weird practical example, okay? But I, for this one, I encourage you guys all to do 10 burpees after church and let readers know how you felt during and how you felt after, okay? Second example I wanna share with you is how we are doing church now. This coronavirus has changed almost every facet of our lives. It has made each and every one of us dependent on the internet more and more, right? God, through human beings, created the internet in the early 80s. And by the mid-2000s, the biggest use of the internet was for pornography, which has been a tool of the devil. Pornography was used to steal, kill, and destroy many women's identity in themselves and their views of sex and relationships. 4% of the web pages in the world are porn sites. Furthermore, the plethora of stats are mind-boggling of how pornography affects people from kids as young as seven, eight years old, right? So something that was created for good was then used for evil, right? Then in March 2020, COVID hits. And churches, along with other places, businesses and everything, but churches have to rethink and redo how we are doing church. For the last seven months, Every church in the world has had to go to an online community to present the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in worship and in prayer and community. And yes, evil does still exist and it will until Jesus comes back. But the amount of time Jesus's name has been exalted, lifted up, glorified, spoken about, prayed to daily, weekly, and since COVID hit has been out of this world, right? What the enemy meant for evil in the coronavirus, which is evil, whether you think it's not, it is evil, right? God meant for good. God meant it for good. Joel Toso says in the second part of verse 20, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. The church has the ability now to continue to spread the gospel to those that wouldn't come to church, that couldn't come to church so that people will live in Christ, right? God meant it for good. Why? To bring about this present result, to preserve many people's lives. Joseph and his life, even in the darkest moments, and he had a lot, right? Even when at times he must have been faithless, a lack of hope and a lack of promise for his life. And he was turned into the pit, not just once, but two times, right? When accused falsely, when forgotten for two years after he helped someone out, what do you think he lost faith at times? 
The Bible doesn't say that we all know it must have been hard. Joseph is no different than you or me or us. We all have our own struggles, our own personal battles, our own hurts, our own habits, and hang-ups. We all have our own life misery stories. Say this to me, please. Just join me, right? God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. He's faithful in his promises. He's faithful in his grace. He's faithful in his mercy. He's faithful in his desire for you and I to walk out life with him and together. For some of us, life may not feel also good right now, right? That is what you and I experience in life. It's God's desire for you and I to love him, love each other, and walk out life together in relationships, in grace, and in truth. I look at the last few years of my life, all that I've been through since 2012. <laughs> That's only eight years ago, right? My life story and all the drama and trials and despair that existed even before 2012. But the one constant thing that's been going on in my life since 2002 has been Jesus. 18 years ago. God's faithfulness continued to show it in my life, through my life, from 2012 to today. Today, I look at what the enemy meant for evil. Right? Cancer in my first wife, Lori, Randy's mom, ravaging her body till God took her home in 2015. Right? The loss of my mom in 2002 to that same very disease, the cancer, and all the trials and tribulations that I went through and also their brand you went through. God's faithfulness never failed. Never, ever failed. His promises still ring true to me today. And his hope is ever so present. Relationships in our families have been restored. In Lori's family, in my family, in our new family with Hitomi and Chad. Lost finances, my finances and broken relationships have been healed and restored. Hope in the promise of God, never-ending love, care, and compassion continues on today because of his faithfulness. So here's my encouragement for you today. Whatever you have been through, and all of us, each and every one of us, have a story to tell of what God has done in our lives. All of us have been through trials and tribulations. What I want, I desire for you to look at the promises of God that is filled throughout the Bible. I also desire that you look at the promises that God has fulfilled in your life, the things that he has brought you through, remembering the things that you, you struggled with before. And yeah, I still may struggle with now, but you're still standing. For those that are going through rough times right now, at whatever level of intensity it may be, take a look at the promises of God that his word in the Bible says. Word of God is not just meant to be read and then go, okay, I'm all good. Word of God is to use to sharpen, to heal, to restore, to rebuild, to increase, to correct, to encourage, to exhort all of us to remain hopeful in the God who sent his son to die for you and for me. So we could be connected back to the Father. I want to encourage you this week to do and seek God's promises in the Bible for you. Why? Because life is crazy. And as the scripture says, when we are faithless, 
He is still faithful. We are humans. We will get knocked down. We will get punched in the face. We will get kicked in the gut by life and by people who are in our lives, even the ones we love the most. But God's promises speaks to his faithfulness and that he is trustworthy. I want you to write down five scriptures that I chose, five that kind of mean a lot to me. And I want you to just write those five and go look for other scriptures. There's over 3,000 or 7,000 or 8,000 promises in the Bible, depending on who you go and read and research, right? These are five scriptures that I believe shows God promises and hope for us. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. John 16, 33. I have said you, I have told you these, these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalm 37, 23, 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And finally, Joshua 1.9, a scripture that stood out from 2012-2015. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. These are just five out of thousands of God's promises of his faithfulness to you and to me. You and I get to count on and live out on these words and promises and God's faithfulness, even in the midst of chaos, craziness, and faithlessness. I want to close with this. I highly encourage us all, including speaking to myself, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of rough times, in the midst when we're struggling with our faith or just questioning. Look back at the times that you were in a struggle. That you were stuck, that you were just broken, that you had no money, that you had no gas, that you couldn't relate to people. Connect back to the time once in a moment. See what God walked you through. See how God was present even when you didn't feel that he was there. See how God put people around your lives to encourage you, to speak life into you, to lift you up. Reality Ohana, I know a lot of you moved to Hawaii to follow the calling to the Lord. A lot of you have come from other churches. A lot of you haven't been to church. But God has called all of you into this Ohana for such a time as this. Because what the enemy meant for evil, and yes, there is evil. People are evil. There is evil. Satan uses his deception to make us get mad at each other or upset with each other because of our viewpoints. What the enemy meant for evil, broken relationships, hurts, God meant for good so that our feet would grow in times like that. As I shared earlier, some of you heard my testimony. I lost my mom at the age of 
she was 56, I was 35. Brandy was 13, 2002. Went through some rough years financially. Just didn't know what was going on relationally. Um, God restored that relationships. God restored and healed all of that. And then fast forward to 2012, Lori, Brandy's mom, gets diagnosed with cancer. We fight a three-year battle. God takes her home. And people were just lost. Family members were lost. You know, and our family were prepared, was prepared for it. We had the opportunity to prepare and, and heal and restore things. Right? A lot of stuff was just happening, being thrown into pits. Just a lot of junk. Right? And then God restarted. And God just continued to do his work in us for the preserving of life. Fast forward to today. Tommy and I are the newly appointed lead pastors of Life Spring Church. Tommy has been there from the beginning, 23 years. She married me into the church, and uh, we lead together well. Brandy is here in Hawaii working, thriving, even in the midst of still chaos, in the midst of still working out stuff from the past like we all have. Our son Chad is in Japan working out his stuff, kind of fit into a society that in a place where it's just different, right? He went to school there for a couple of years, but he's living there now. So all the things that we've been through, Tommy's divorce, Randy's and I, loss of moms and a wife, financial issues, personal struggles, defeat, whatever it may be, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Why? Because you and I get to share our testimony of what God has done in our lives. How God saved a wretched soul like me. A wretched soul like me. We reconciled with him. We could do his work. So reality, Ohana, I pray that in this next season, year four of reality, that God's faithfulness just rings true into your hearts and in your minds and in your feet and in your hands. And go love people the way Jesus loved people. Take that faith that God has shown you in you, his promises and his hope that he has for you. Regardless of the baggage and the junk, we as a community can walk together to heal and restore all that damage and that junk. But people that don't know Jesus need you to be a friend. They need you to be the light that Jesus is trying to shine. They need you to be the friend that will pray for them when they're struggling. They don't need you to be the person that might give them 10 bucks when they don't have any food. It may be the friend that they just need to talk to. And when they're ready, and when you share the good news of what Jesus did in their life, Jesus will connect them back to the Father. Not me, not you. We don't save nobody. We just bring light and life and love to the people that we know. So reality, Ohana, get ready. Year four is upon you. I just have this feeling and a, and a word from God that he's ready to use this church to expand its influence, not only in Kaimuki, but in every place of work, school, or influence that all of you have. So with that, in the name of Jesus Christ, Reality Ohana, I just bless you. I impart God's favor and provision and influence and healing on all of you. Father God, I pray that you increase their faith by the challenges you put them through. 
Father God, I ask that you increase their influence in wherever they're at. Father God, do your work in this church, your ecclesia, your body called reality. And may you become a reality in people's lives, Father, because of the Ohana of Reality Church. Ohana, I love you. I pray peace and blessings on you. I give my love from my wife to you. He told me, says hi. And we just love you and we bless you and we praise you. We just love you guys all. And God's people say, Amen. Aloha, reality. See you guys later on. Love you guys.